Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. There you have it, folks. Journey, an outstanding band of the 80s. No one would dispute that. And Steve Perry, Steve Perry, Perry, one of the greats. Hits the high notes like no one else. He never stopped believing. We're not going to stop believing. And you out there should not stop believing. Even though this is a best of, we'll be back in a week, won't we, my friend? We are so excited to be back in a week. But we uh, right now are working on our uh, CRN show on upcoming podcasts. Brad and I have both achieved the status of first degree Coxman. And uh, we are going for more. And uh, we are trying to line all this up. So this week, it has to be a best of episode while we uh, work all this out. And we will. We'll, we'll move from chimpanzee to orangutan to gorilla. To shark, to lobster, to other crustacean. Correct. Marijuana-infused crustaceans. But while we're working on that, the rest of you should listen to this best of. And we will see you again in one more week on IP frequently. We won't see them because we're not going to be in the same room with them, thank God, because we'd need like a restraining order. Yeah, and it's more of a euphemism. Is that what that is? I don't know. Anyway, see you in a couple of weeks, folks. Well, good choice, my friend, with or without you. By U2, late 80s. I'm not exactly sure of the year, but I'm going to say late 80s. So this week, Brad, as you know, and the studio audience here knows, we are back not wearing masks. The CDC has lifted the uh, restrictions. The guidelines have changed. It is morning in America again, except for the fact that everything is is going to uh, hell in a handbasket. But for this week only, we've decided to change the rules of IP frequently. Really? And what we're going to do this week is before each segment, spin the wheel. And then randomly, uh, we will be uh, going into different segments because the reality is, as we all know, uh, there are too many great award-winning segments at IP Frequently to fill a given episode. So the only fair way to do it Mm -hmm. is to spin a wheel and let chance lay her hand upon us. So do you want to do the honors and spin away? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let me, uh, reach over here and grab this wheel. It's, uh, 
hefty for sure. I'm, I'm glad we didn't go cheap with the wheel. Let me give it a little spin here. And what did we come up with, my friend? Ah, COVID corner. <laughs> COVID corner. Brad, the first uh, item in COVID corner is the origin of COVID. It looks like more and more people are coming around to the theory that much like the UFOs, um, there may be something afoot with COVID. In fact, a new report out of Congress uh, says that there is significant circumstantial evidence that the coronavirus originated uh, at a Chinese lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which, by the way, is a great place to visit if you are going by Wuhan on this year's family trip. You know what, but I, I don't think there's anyone who's paying any attention at all, who, who knows anything about this situation, who honestly believes that this virus you know, made a jump in a wet market. You do have this Wuhan Institute of Virology that is openly investigating uh, these types of viruses, coronaviruses that come primarily from bats. That's what they do. They are famous for it. And so, you know, you apply Occam's razor, it's pretty easy to go, well, let's see, they were investigating this virus and the virus arose in Wuhan. It's not good. It's not good. It's troubling. And, and the um, it's sort of like the JFK assassination when you find out that the source of the uh, coronavirus was actually this lab, when you find out that the uh, Russians killed Kennedy, well, what the hell do you do about it, right? Especially when you have a weak-kneed president who's not going to take the necessary steps. Well, I mean, and again, there's nothing you can do about it, but it would be nice to, here's the problem, right? I mean, are are we going to start a world war over coronavirus? I certainly hope not. Right. I mean, China's a nuclear power. We are a nuclear power. And we'll power. send Emma over there, some of the guys with games from the CIA. It'll be over the bullet, a week. The bullied guys, the gamers, the bullied gamers that are now yeah. you mm-hmm. know, in charge of deciding how we're going to run covert operations. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever. But I, I mean, we're not going to do that, right? But, but you would hope that there would be enough just, you know, general common sense and general humanity for them to say, yeah, you know what, this this snuck out of our lab. We didn't do it on purpose. We're, we're sorry. You know, there was no intent here. It snuck out of our lab. Let's get some folks, you know, whoever is the expert on these things to come in, take a look and make sure we don't do this again, right? I mean, the, the, the it's not a biological warfare lab as far as we know, right? Is it possible that China has a biological warfare program? Not only is it possible, I think it's probable. But is Wuhan a part of it? Maybe, maybe not. But w- th- there's no question that that institute is doing viable, important work on virology and research. Right? So it would be nice if we could you know, get some outside third party experts in this field to go in and say, hey, here's your problem, you know, like your auto mechanic done. And that's it. And we'll have to keep tabs on this, but uh, it looks uh, somewhat disturbing. Well, Brad, there it is. We didn't start the fire. Billy Aloysius Joel, I think the year was uh, 1987 or thereabouts. Uh, One of the anthems from that generation, my friend, a lost generation, but a generation nonetheless. We've had a request from one of our uh, avid uh, followers, Marshall in uh, Palm Beach. 
uh, has asked that you and I, you and I see if we can uh, spell some of the words that were in the final rounds of the 2021 National Spelling Bee. So in this case, you and I will both be taking five words chosen at random by our producer. So we get Jared all fired up. He's been working with the boys in the back room and with uh, some of the people at the Scripps uh, Spelling Bee. Again, the rules are Brad and I have no knowledge whatsoever of these words. Uh, We have not um, looked at them. Uh, We do not uh, generally consider ourselves uh, um, very good with uh, spelling or no. Anything for that matter, similar to that. But uh, at this point, Brad, I think as long as you understand the rules, I do. Okay. Um, do you want to? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? And Jared, are you ready to start this? The big, uh, the big uh, production here. David, your word is crustaceans. Crustaceans, like as in the lobster. That is correct. As in a lobster would be an example of a crustacean. C R U S T A C E A N. I'll accept it. The word is crustaceans. Oh, for fuck! Then put an S at the end. Or it could be a Z. I'm not really sure. No, I, I think it's a crustacean. See, they're already, already. I'm surprised that you spelled that word correctly, buddy. I would not have been able to tell you if you were right or wrong on that. Well, I haven't got Good it right job. yet. I haven't got it right yet. I haven't used it in a sentence. Oh, okay. Well, I, my, I do tip my cap, however, at the fact that you were able to spell that word. I would probably not have been able to do that. But go ahead. Let's have it in a sentence. Marijuana smoke when uh, applied to crustaceans does not in any way take away the pain they feel when dumped into a pot of boiling water. Crustaceans. The judges agree. That is correct usage and correct spelling. How about that? Outstanding. It's almost like we're cheating. It's almost like we're cheating at this point. But I think it's going to get harder, Brad. Except we're not. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, round two. Here we go, Jared. What is my word? Brad, your word is... Aubergine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you give him the definition? <laughs> <laughs> well, just just say Aubergine. the word again. Aubergine is a dark purplish color. Okay. Well, that, but that you can't give him the definition because <laughs> that. Would... All right. Wait. What would we do? Uh, you know what? I'm going to spell this word. Aubergine. A u b e r g i n e. That's how I would have spelled it, by the way. That is correct. Is it really? <laughs> and, and now he's going to say, my T-shirt is the color aubergine, and that's a but sentence. That's, but you know what? That's, but that's not true, because my T-shirt is actually gray, and I will try to use it in a sentence. If you kick Professor Christopher Pepin Neff in his useless nuts... His face is likely to turn aubergine. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, let's go. David, your word is ufology. Is what? <laughs> I like this word. I have no idea what it means or how to spell it, but that, it rolls off the tongue. E-U, ufology, E-U-P-H-O-O, you follow. Hold on, I gotta write this down. Hold on, can I, can I write it down in front of me? Yeah, of course. All right. So now it's serious because you get that damn aubergine thing. So now you get it. And since I gave a definition to... I don't need the definition. I don't need it. Uh, E-U-P-H-O-L-O-G-Y. Ufology. That would have been my guess as well, buddy. Unfortunately, that's incorrect. 
What? For God's sakes. How do you spell it? Yeah. Well, I'll give you de the definition. I don't need the definition. Why are you trying yeah. to give the definition? <laughs> It'll, It'll help you spell it. You might be able to get half a point. I don't get half Apology a point. For is the study of unidentified flying objects. Oh, well, for God's oh, sake. Oh, yeah. See, now. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Then I should have got that definition. He got his. <laughs> I offered it. Tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles. And the wine. And the wine. The great Don Ho singing Tiny Bubbles in honor, my friend, of you being halfway across the globe on the Isle of Man. I Maui. Yeah, Maui. I, I did. Maui. Yeah. I mean, man, Maui, you know, they're both islands. One's probably a little more tropical than the other. Although I have, you know, no reason to doubt that if Don Ho were on the Isle of Man, he would sing Tiny Bubbles. Um, yeah. Next, uh, Kamala Harris, vice president, um, hero to many, hero to many, um, made her trip to Central America. Um, to uh, address the border crisis going on in Texas, Arizona, and uh, New Mexico, and parts of California. Um, and uh, didn't go to the border, but went to Guatemala, where she met with some um, uh, political leaders down there and uh, encountered a lot, of, uh, a lot of resistance, a lot of protest, uh, and told uh, the uh, people in that country who are intending on coming to the United States not to come. Well... Yeah, but I, I mean, at this point, you're, you're shutting the barn door after the cow's out. Biden's administration just came in and said, we're going to untrump everything. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pay no attention to the actual value or effectiveness of the policy. We're just going to untrump everything. And when they untrumped Trump's policy, you know, stay in Mexico policy, you know, we're not going to adjudicate your case here. We'll adjudicate your case while you're there. And if the adjudication is in your favor, then we'll let you in. That was a great policy, right? From any perspective, it did not change the outcome of the adjudication, nothing. It just prevented the current crisis that we're in. And in you know, their haste to untrumpify the government and its policies, this is what you wind up with. And sending Kamala Harris to Guatemala to you know, like personally tell people not to come is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's show. That's all it is. Uh, Brad, quickly, uh, Venera Chronicles. We're, I think we're getting to the end here, but I don't think we're there yet. Venera 9. Venera 9. Are we on 9? We are on Venera 9. It uh, was the first spacecraft ever to orbit Venus. Huh. Oh, that's a, I mean, that's something, right? Yeah, it entered Venus's orbit on uh, uh, 20 October 1975. Um, it was going to be a, a communication relay for future Venera uh, launches um, into the uh, into the planet. And did it? Well, I mean, listen, uh, nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. It was the. <laughs> no, it was the certainly true. It was the first probe to send back um, pictures, black and white, from the surface of the planet Venus. It was planned that it was going to take the first 360 degree panoramic pictures of the uh, surface of Venus. And did that happen? It was planned, yes. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it happened, though. Well, there was a little issue because um, uh, well, the photos could not be taken because uh, a couple of the camera lens covers were not removed. Huh. So, all right. so let me get, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 
that those lens covers were not accidentally placed over the lenses during flight. So ergo, someone forgot to remove the lens covers before they launched that thing into space. We well, need to find like, that guy. Let's, he'll be on the podcast next week. Yeah, you got to find that guy. You got to <laughs> find the guy who was responsible for lens cap removal before you put that probe on the rocket and at great expense shot it in the general direction of Venus. You got to find that guy. The good news is, my friend, there was not much time to um, uh, to uh, fret over that because quickly um, the uh, device became overwhelmed by the uh, uh, atmosphere of Venus and was destroyed. All right, buddy, there you have it. I am dedicating that to you. I know you're hosting this week. You've got some family in town. I know that can be stressful. So by all means, have a drink on me. What a great song. Uh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> I, I, again, I encourage it. I don't always, but I do this particular weekend. This is IP Frequently for now, the number one uh, podcast in the realm of business and sports predicting. Uh, Brad, next, real quick, uh, your president of mine, Joe Biden, gave a speech on the importance of the Second Amendment and the fact that it needs to be gutted. And he said, when talking about the famous quote about the tree of liberty um, and the being uh, replenished with the blood of uh, patriots and tyrants, he said that guns won't help people against the government. The government has F-15s and nukes. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, he's just, again, it seems like every week, Joe Biden puts me in the position where I just have to feel sorry for the guy because he's just adult. So if what you believe is that the Second Amendment is about the right to bear arms to defend oneself against the government, and there are many who do, right? I mean, I think if you were to do a historical analysis of the Second Amendment, you would find that while there were some aspects or some concerns about tyranny and therefore the right to bear arms and and to have militias, that wasn't the only reason why the Second Amendment was added to, was made part of the Constitution, right? So, but if that's your concern, right? As the president, you say to yourself, boy, there's some folks out there concerned that the government might come for their stuff, so they want to have a gun. The last thing you do is stand up and say, hey, your guns aren't going to help you because we got, you know, F-15s and nukes and battleships and whatnot. We're just going to kick your ass, right? I mean, that is the exact wrong message to send. And who even thinks that way? If you're the president of the United States and you are thinking to yourself, well, I don't have to worry about all these Second Amendment gun nuts because I got F-15s. You should be removed from office just for that. Immediately, immediately. It's crazy. It's it's if he's thinking that way, and I'm not saying he is because somebody else probably wrote that speech. Who is you thinking? Think he's, you think he's reading off a teleprompter? Yeah, you think? And it has notes. He's and there's a big note on every podium that says your mask is in your pocket. We've had that for the last several months, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> I mean, that that guy is a disaster, and I I don't blame him. I mean, he he jumped the shark ten years ago. He's a, he doesn't even deny, you cannot deny the fact that he is a liar, a self-aggrandizing liar and a plagiarist. 
I mean, that there are videos galore of him openly lying about his background and plagiarizing other people's comments and writings. Well, Brad, what did you think? The song Freedom by the late, great George McHale. Well, I like Freedom. I like the idea. I'm not sure that I'm familiar with the song. Well, you just heard it. I do like the kind of, well, right. I mean, I guess I've, I've heard it. I guess my familiarity is, is what's in question at this point. But it was, you know what? Not bad. Not bad. And like I said, a very admirable topic. Uh, next, Brad, the Bronze Stevie award-winning segment, Barter Band. Uh, jumping right into the fray because, uh, as you know, Brad has been called the Wizard of Woke. We talked about that last week. And the Wizard of Woke has rolled out um, his thoughts on some of the terms we use every day in our business. We wanted to share them with you. And uh, first, you know, obviously um, being a little facetious, but this is what we like to do sometimes is run things by one another live on the air while the radio is playing and get each other's take on it before we roll it out to the entire company. But this is a list that uh, our HR department has come up with uh, some terms that they say should be both barred and banned. Uh, and we use them every day in our, um, uh, our language in our, uh, slacks in our emails and our insta faces at the work and uh, so i thought brad I'd, I'd surprise you and actually talk about some of the terms that our um uh hr department are looking to replace and, and effectively cancel and replace and this will all go all the way down to your email when you use one of these terms there will be a um an auto replace feature which we are currently working on i didn't even know we had an hr department so i'm thrilled with that. See, I think that's offensive and we will have to um, talk about it, but we'll get to that on another podcast, probably the queen of hearts. But first, Brad, I've got some terms that we use every day and I've got the replacements that have been um, decreed upon by the HR folks. First, uh, genders uh, and the term gendered, he, she is being replaced with the term non-gendered and they, it. So, well, I'm not the, the gendered, non-gendered thing. I mean, is so anything that was previously gendered is now non-gendered. Correct. You can't really do that. Can you? Uh, that's HR, my friend. All right. So are we saying that it is more polite to refer to someone as it than she or they <laughs> correct. Don't say she say they or it. I was talking to it the other day and it told me that it was really concerned about, you know, the amount of time that I was spending down at the local nightclub. Well, that's probably right about that. Damn straight. Uh, next, Brad, tribe and tribe leader being replaced by product area leader uh, for tribe leader and for tribe product area. I don't know that I've ever used the word tribe in a business communication in my life. So this one is unlikely to affect me at all. Okay. It Slave works in a product area. It works in a product. Slave. Have you uh, seen the use of the word slave in a computer context? Uh, in a computer context. Yeah, sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So slave is being replaced by node, worker, or secondary. 
Okay, well, nodes a little too general because both masters and slaves are nodes. But uh, I guess secondary would be okay as long as it doesn't happen to be tertiary. And that would be an issue. Uh, master, and this is something I saw. Oh, so um, yeah, this goes with slave. Yeah, master goes with slave. So master is banned and barred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bar. Well, whichever the more severe is, where it's never going to come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Bill Cosby. And um, so master, it's um, I saw this on the program where they, um, you know, walk through uh, houses a few months ago. And then my wife and I looked at a couple of homes down in Florida over the winter. And I noticed that you don't have a master suite anymore. You have a primary suite, but they don't use that word anymore in real estate. And so for master, you can use main, controller, or primary, but you can no longer use the word master. Hmm. Very sensitive these days, aren't we? It's, it never once occurred to me that that would be uh, an offensive use of that term. You know, actually, it's not actually in charge of, it's not like it's ruling over the other suites. You know what I'm saying? I know. I, I, listen, I don't get it, but I, <clears throat> you and I are just two uh, middle-aged men just trying to get along here. So I'm trying to help you trying understand. To avoid superannuation. That's what you and I are trying to do. Yeah. And we're also trying to abide by the HR department because they rule the world at this point. Yes. Blacklist. Okay. Have you ever used yeah. the term blacklist? Actually, my friend in our business, we use both the term blacklist and whitelist quite a bit. Okay. You, you have right now stepped ahead of us, mm-hmm. but that's okay. You've used two terms that you shouldn't be using anymore. So, uh, so do we, uh, is it like a stop list and a go list? What are we replacing these? Uh, we are going to replace blacklist with the word deny list ah. and whitelist with the word allow list. Isn't that, could you want to offend someone if we uh, presume that the formerly blacklist was the deny list? That seems to me to be a little, you know, sketchy. If you're viewing the world through a certain lens, which apparently so you're saying you're offended. Is. You're offended by the term denialist. Well, I'm not really offended by the term denialist. Again, I'm not sure I understand it. I'll have to hear it, you know, used in a sentence or perhaps a, a clause. Uh, but I'm just saying that if you are offended by the idea that a black list had something to do with race, which of course it doesn't. It has nothing to do with race. It's as far from being associated with race as anything can be. But if you're offended by the idea that a black list might somehow be associated with race, then changing black to deny would seem to be not moving in the direction you would want to go if, again, you're viewing the world through a certain lens. And we'll look forward to seeing everyone back next week, whether we see you here in our studio audience or we're just aware of your presence out there on the shortwave radio. But regardless, we'll see you back here in a week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.